Hi, I'm Bex. And I'm Laura. And we're here to talk openly and honestly about miscarriage, stillbirth and all pregnancy loss. We aim to smash the taboo surrounding these subjects. And rebuild the topic in a way to support and educate women. Rather than isolate and shame them. Welcome to the worst girl gang ever. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to the worst girl gang ever. We're lucky enough to be joined here on our Zoom call by Rachel Sheriff, who is an acupuncturist. Basically, what happened was that I love acupuncture. Talk about it all the time, which you'll uh, you'll see. All the time. Um, And Laura's a complete (laughs) cynic. So we asked the audience and they said, yeah, we absolutely want an acupuncturist on. So So here she is. Welcome, Rachel. That's what I like to hear. (laughs) So first of all, you are also a member of the Worst Girl Gang ever, aren't you? I am. Yeah, I am myself. Yeah. Was that what led you on to acupuncture or was that something you were doing beforehand? You no, know, that's what led me into acupuncture. I um, struggled for a long time to conceive, um, had quite a few early losses and ended up having IVF. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had two rounds which failed um, and I was really lucky that I had um, a consultant that just kind of looked at my case history and said something's not right here I was quite young so he thought you know let's look at something else and he sent me for testing for reproductive immunology mm-hmm. and that came back with um, something called uh, natural killer cells so yeah. my body was just rejecting an embryo um, my body kind of saw it as a foreign body um, and mm. that's why the um, IVF wasn't working so that third round um, I had the medication to treat that and I was really lucky I conceived my son who's now just about to turn seven um, so yeah, I, I kind of came to acupuncture through that. I had quite a lot of acupuncture in that last round um, of IVF, and then I continued to have it throughout my pregnancy. Um, and actually, it helped me quite a lot after my pregnancy as well. I had quite a few health issues after my son was born. So yeah, and then I just thought I like I really probably like you. I really enjoyed it and felt like there was more to learn, um, and mm. was kind of really intrigued by it. So that's where my journey started. Oh, fantastic. Yeah, so do you um, do you specialize in acupuncture for fertility? Yeah, in fact, that's all I treat. So I don't oh, treat brilliant. anything else other than fertility. So no um, yeah. bad knees or anything. No, I did that no. for a bit. Um, but yeah, I, I guess when I got into it, I kind of always knew that it, I was going to end up specialising in fertility. That's where my main field of interest was so yeah I started out you know doing bits and bobs and then just very quickly realized that no fertility was what I wanted to do so I thought why why sort of waste time treating things that you're not Mm. really um feeling fulfilled from um and yeah now I just do fertility brilliant so Laura's probably waiting with a big old list of uh, (laughs) mastermind type questions you go for it how about we just get to the science because like I said, yeah. I'm. I like a scientist, science, basically. Yeah, fact. And I, I'll tell you what I think. Actually, oh, I've God, always thought this has always been classed as something airy fairy, as far as I'm concerned. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Maybe it does work for people, but in my mind, it works because of the placebo effect. Okay. But mm. having said that, I've never really looked into it, and <laughs> I've never, never done any research. I'm just, I, I'm just a cynic. So I am open. My mind is open, and I'm ready to to learn. So You're can you explain the science to us about how acupuncture works, just in general, and then we'll go more yeah. specifically about fertility. Yeah, absolutely. So um, I guess acupuncture's 
it's actually really rooted in science. So um, if you think about how your body kind of works, it's always sending signals. You know, your body's like one big electromagnetic field. You've got the brain sending signals via the nervous system and vice versa. You've got signals being sent through the blood to the immune system. Your body's kind of like always telling another part of your body what to do. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's how it functions. So when you insert an acupuncture needle into someone's body, it like intercepts the signals in the local area, which will then send a message to the brain and the spinal cord. So you're you're having a real effect on someone's nervous system. So Mm -hmm. it's it's affecting the signaling, essentially. And if you can affect that signaling, you can affect all the systems of the body. So acupuncture is kind of based on the theory of meridians that run throughout the body that communicate to each other to optimize the body's function so each meridian talks to one another and the nerves and vessels all connect like if you think about your body it's one big connective tissue mm-hmm. everything talks to another part um i guess if you want to kind of like visualize it or simplify it um you could think of like a tube map and how the tube system functions so you get certain areas where like certain lines might intercept other lines um and in order for it to work properly um you can't have any delays you can't have any blocked lines you can't so it's not not like london tube (laughs) (laughs) yeah most definitely not (laughs) it needs a bit of acupuncture yeah Um, absolutely (laughs) so i guess like acupuncture points are located in areas where you get higher concentrations of nerves and blood vessels so when you pop a needle in to a point you're you're kind of affecting an area that will have a strong effect on the signaling system of the body um and it's really like a combination so it's it's not really where you put one needle in one spot and that fixes a certain thing it's a combination of needles in a combination of places that send the correct signal to the brain so acupuncture will then have an effect on the entire nervous system and then more importantly for women's health and fertility it will affect your endocrine system or your hormone system Mm. um, your immune system Um, and it's actually it's actually really the selection of points by the practitioner that sends the message so your body does all the work the practitioner is just giving your body a nudge it's just telling your body to adjust the signals that it's sending and Um, how do you know where to put the needles so a lot of training Um, so most Chinese medicines rooted um, in you know a a lot of historical texts some of them are 2000 plus years old and those texts over the years have been translated um, and interpreted and that's why you end up with lots of different systems you've got Japanese Korean traditional Chinese acupuncture you've got five elements so over time different systems have been interpreted in different ways and the medicines kind of evolved so we're really using what the Chinese used all those years ago but just in a more modern form and that's how we we know where to where to put the the needles I guess with evidence has evolved over the years Um, and lots of studies have been done to show that certain points can have a certain effect on certain systems of the body Mm. yeah so my, just to give you a brief outline of my story, I, Go when I was 11, I got a period and oh, okay. obviously, you know, great started periods. I was expecting that and then didn't get another one for like two years. I had all the tests, cameras and stuff and they, their best guess was polycystic ovary syndrome, but I didn't have okay. any of the symptoms apart from a few little cysts on my ovaries and no periods. They basically, doctors kind of wrote me off. Well, did they wrote me off and they said, because my main concern was, am I going to be able to have children? So they basically said, do you want children now? And at the age of, you know, 15, I didn't. And they said, well, 
when you want children, try for a year. And if you struggle, come back and we'll talk to you. So that really affected me because every time I went into like a long-term relationship, it was like, oh, do I I say anything at this point? Or I didn't know if it was going to happen or not. And I had maybe three or four natural periods. And then when I met the uh, dad of my, my oldest two kids, we got married and we started trying. Someone said to me, have you heard of acupuncture? And I was like, well, no, well, yeah, I've heard of it, but not really for th- that sort of thing. <clears throat> they gave me a name and a number and I went to see him and I had my first acupuncture session. Two weeks later, two weeks, I had my first natural period in Brilliant. like 10 years. Yeah. So Brilliant. Laura, my question to you <laughs> is like, that's not placebo, right? That's more than something. And so we'd already been trying for four, five months and I hadn't had any periods. Two weeks after my first acupuncture session, had a period. Two, three weeks after that, I was pregnant with my son. And then they said, the medical side of things had always said to me, you're, ironically, your best chance of getting pregnant is to have a baby and it should reset your system. So we knew that we wanted roughly two years between kids. So when my son turned one, I still hadn't had a period. I went back to see Hun. Three weeks later, I was pregnant with my daughter. That, for me, is yeah. enough, you know. So polycystic ovaries is actually a, a really good example of, of what I was talking about, about um, like communication between the nervous system and the brain. So in polycystic ovaries, um, it's a communication issue. So the parts of your brain that tell your ovaries what to do, um, are, it's not working properly. It's really affected by insulin. Quite often, insulin resistance mm. um, is an issue. Um and it's to do with the hypothalamus and the pituitary in the brain. They're not, um, they're not sending the right signals to the ovary. So that's a classic example of how um, acupuncture can mm. reset the body to send the but right then, signals. I didn't actually have polycystic ovaries in the end. That was just a theory <laughs> that the medical side of things had. So yeah. apparently what I have is a buildup of heat in my kidneys. Okay. <laughs> that's the Chinese medicine diagnosis. Oh, is it? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm yeah. fine with that. That's cool. Yeah. <laughs> it's great if it works. Yeah. yeah. So, um, so yeah, again, I mean, you don't have to be diagnosed with polycystic ovaries to have, to have an issue between the way your brain talks to your ovaries, but you know, it's mm. generally common in so many hormone imbalances that something's just not reading properly. Something's not talking to the other part properly. So interesting. And sometimes I do genuinely think, is he taking the piss? Cause <laughs> he puts he puts needles in different places every time. It's very rare that I have. I can't really remember having a needle apart from maybe my ankle having needle in the same place. And last time I saw him, he put one in between my nose and my yeah. lip. Mm-hmm. And then I was yeah. like, I was like, I just look stupid because he then <laughs> talks to me and I can feel it waggling around. <laughs> yeah, so I'm like, and I just think he could well be taking the piss. <laughs> Like, this is a really someone. important point. This point here is really key in um, how your brain talks to your ovaries. This point here. Mm, oh, really? Yeah. So, yeah, it doesn't surprise me that he's used that on you. Yeah. And who only likes to use a couple of needles, doesn't he? Yeah. Keeps it very, yeah. Three max. Trouble. Yeah. Really? Yeah. yeah. How long do the needles stay in for? 20 minutes. But, yeah, about 20 minutes normally, yeah. So what do you do? Just chat? Yeah, yeah sometimes. I, yeah. Sometimes it's... Sometimes I ask him what he's doing and what's going on. Because, so, oh, oh, that's what I was going to ask you. Because I always get too nervous to ask him, why does he take your pulse all the time? Because they do it and then take your yeah. pulse, right? What's that? So, about? yeah. 
So in Chinese medicine, we use lots of different diagnostic tools. So we will do like an initial consultation, like you would if you went to the doctors. So you'll sit and you'll tell us your case history. We'll ask lots of questions. And then we look at your body. Um, so we look at your tongue. Um, we look at um, your, maybe we might feel your abdomen. We might feel different points, um, different acupuncture points and see how they feel, whether they feel tender, whether they're, um, you know, they feel soft under the, under the hands. We're feeling like, just diagnostic diagnostically so the body tells us um, what's going on and then we kind of use everything your body tells us and everything you've told us and put that together to make a treatment plan um, mm. and the pulse is a really big part of it so um, you'll feel the pulse before you um, needle someone and then after you've needled someone you normally go <laughs> <Sorry>. back <laughs> needle someone's just needle a really someone <laughs> such a weird phrase isn't yeah it? <laughs> and then you'll go back and feel the pulse um that the treatment and that tells you you know whether you've affected the change that you want to but want how to feel. does it so, tell you so what we're we feeling for yeah yeah so um you know I talked about the meridians that run through the body mm, so there's 12 yeah. meridians and these meridians can be felt in different positions on the pulse so we're feeling for whether your pulse is fast or slow whether it feels tight whether you have to push hard to feel the pulse whether the pulse is really superficial um, there's loads of different qualities. So when you go back to like the Chinese classical texts, there's like 28 different qualities that you can feel on the pulse. And these all um, indicate different diagnostics. Um, so yeah, some people use just the pulse. Other people like myself would use, you know, I use the tongue quite a lot. I feel people's tummies. So um, everyone's different. Every practitioner is different. It's, kind of- it is fascinating because last time I went, I was getting these um, chest pains. And I had quite a lot going on in in the old personal life, and um, and I lay down and uh, and he did all the pulses and stuff. And afterwards, he was like, "Are you getting chest pains?" And literally put his hand exactly where the pain was. Yeah, I was like, "Hun, you're a magician." But the <laughs> other thing that I want to say about my acupuncture and what I had is not that I necessarily recommend someone out there who's hearing this to do the same, but. I had an emergency DNC after three medical managements went wrong, didn't okay. work. And I had an emergency procedure. And then three weeks, no, four weeks after that, I still had a very positive pregnancy test. I had lost all faith in the hospital where I was. I just thought it was horrendous. It was COVID. It was, and I was really, really, really low. And I phoned Hearn and he said, there's nothing, as long as you keep an eye out for infection, there's nothing that other than that, that can kind of go wrong, come and see me. And I went to see him and the next day I had a massive bleed and a week later I had a negative pregnancy test. Yeah. And it's Something. that kind of thing. That, and he said, I'd much rather you come to see me rather than having another DNC, another, yeah. you know, invasive yeah. procedure. And I'm just so pleased that I did. Mm. Yeah. Something was just not flowing properly, was it? Something was blocked. Yeah, he just like, said it was yeah. stagnant. I had a, like yeah. a, sta- a stagnant ute. Stagnant utes. <laughs> That's a new phrase. Stagnant cheese. Yeah, I mean, it's not exactly what he said, but. Uh... <laughs> oh, Hun. Hun, Hun. You, you'd like Hun, Laura. You'd like Hun. You wouldn't. You. you wouldn't, Laura. <laughs> you'd be like, oh, whatever, Hun. Take your needles and clear off. So what a couple of, um, because we asked the audience basically if they had any questions for you. I thought that Laura would have, you know, all of the questions. Uh, She probably does. She's holding back at the moment. What's up your sleeve, Laura? (laughs) (laughs) One that came up a couple of times was, is there anything that we can do at home to support treatment? Yeah, so this is a tricky one. I think if you're having acupuncture regularly with a, a practitioner, then 
I would just stick with that. I think somebody asked um, if you can't um, access acupuncture, if there's anything you can do at home. Mm-hmm. Um, and you, I mean, you can do acupuncture, the, uh, acupressure rather. The problem is um, you, you don't really know what you're doing. And with, there's no mm. single point. It's not like you can say to someone, right, press this point here and this will happen. That's mm. not how it works. It's a combination of points together. Very individual together. as well, right? Yeah, and it's really unique acupuncture. Like I could have two people in clinic with the same diagnosis but I would use totally different acupuncture points to treat them mm. because something's different so the, the root cause or there's something that's just not quite the same so you, you can't it's really difficult to say to someone go away and do this at home because it just doesn't work like that I mean if you're having regular treatment I think someone asked like what you can do to sort of support it at home mm. and I, I guess really like the main pillars of health you know good good diet look after your diet um exercise so move more and sleep like good sleep these three things are the best things you can do to support your acupuncture i always say there's no point coming for treatment if you are going to go away and lead a really unhealthy lifestyle because you're mm-hmm. wasting your money mm-hmm. acupuncture is yeah. there to help balance your body and support you supportive rather than like a, yeah. a, a cure right yeah i mean y- y- your acupuncture would help, but you know there's lots there's lots of other things you can do that would save you a lot of money and time. Um, you know, it's almost like treading upstream a little bit as an acupuncturist if you're treating someone who's just not looking after the other mm. areas of their health. Mm. And I've always been told, but I don't know if this is personal to me or if it's um, what everyone should be doing. But my I have reflexology as well. I know yeah. all out. Um, and both my reflexologist and my acupuncturist have told me to keep my feet warm. Yeah. And to eat soups rather than salads. Yeah. So these are two quite sort of common things that a practitioner might tell you. Again, that's totally unique to you. Is um, it? Okay. It's, it's common for fertility or women's health issues. So um, the kidney meridian, which is a really important meridian for fertility, starts on the feet. And the feet are actually quite important for fertility. There's lots of meridians that start on the feet that run through the uterus. So to keep the feet warm is really important. Um, the uterus doesn't like being cold. Eating warm foods. Like if you think about if you eat lots of salads or lots of raw foods they're actually really hard to digest like your mm. body has to work quite hard yeah. to digest foods like that um and if you're already struggling to conceive or your body's got other things going on it's not quite in balance then by putting more strain on your digestive system you're just asking your body to work harder so slow cooked foods and warm foods especially in winter you know yeah. we generally you know, it's been a little bit different this year, but generally we have quite cold, damp weather. So it doesn't make any sense to feed yourself cold food. Uh A lot of the time we store all our food in the fridge when it doesn't need to be, and we'll take it straight from the fridge and eat it before allowing it to become to room temperature. And all these things, you're just putting cold in your body and your body has to work harder to then warm itself up. So then it's like it's working harder to warm your food up to warm your to, to warm yourself up warm, so it's yeah. kind of not doing other stuff because it's yeah. doing yeah it just puts more strain on the digestive system yeah so I mean slow cooked foods are much easier to digest um and warm food you know for this country is much better mm. right. so yeah so they're like the key things you know really for fertility so keep warm um warm foods warm feet warm lower tummy warm lower back so again it's not necessarily for everyone but that you know a lot of my patients I would be saying that too 
And do you find that when people come to see you, if they're open-minded, like myself, they have more kind of success, success than no. if they're narrow-minded, like my... <gasps> no. <laughs> no. Lol's joke, Laura, joke, Laura. No, <laughs> no, not, <laughs> no not at all. I think um, you can generally tell the patients that come that are perhaps a little bit more cynical um, and you have to work a little bit harder to um, get them on board um, and sometimes maybe to get them to commit. But um, yeah. I think as soon as people start feeling a difference so Mm. you know people come for fertility but they also come in saying you know my digestion's not great I'm not sleeping great I'm stressed you know I've Mm. got psoriasis I've got Mm. xyz going on and when people start to see small improvements to start with in those things then of course they come back you know they, they feel better I think if you know if after three or four treatments then you've not affected enough change with someone that they're seeing a benefit then of course they you know they may not come back it might not be the right treatment for them um but I wouldn't I definitely wouldn't say that you know I have more success with the the people that are more on board to start with um that's interesting because that is really interesting that's not a placebo effect then is it no definitely not so somebody asked it's making me anxious is this defeating the purpose and um, my answer to that would be that um an acupuncture session should not be making you anxious. It should be doing quite the opposite. And I think if you don't feel able to fully relax and you don't feel like you're getting that relaxation benefit from the treatment, then this is something that you need to discuss with your practitioner. There's a lot of evidence around the relationship between the practitioner and the patient and how you, um, it, you know, you have to have this connection. You have to be able to understand each other. You have to be comfortable with each other. And and that will in turn lead to better treatment results because either you need to find a new practitioner, and this goes for all therapies, not just. Yeah, I was going to say, I think that's so important with um, counselling and stuff as well. Yeah, totally. And you know, if if something is painful, you know, um, some somebody said that it was starting to become sore. Um, You know, acupuncture shouldn't be painful. Um, You might get like, um, and um, Bex, you probably know this. You might get like that dull heavy achy feeling yeah Um, yeah but it shouldn't be painful to the point that you can't relax Mm. um you know and generally you have 20 minutes of um where you can you can either talk to the practitioner or you can lay there and have a snooze or just do some deep relaxation do some breathing but generally you know it's relaxing and I think um you know that will have an impact on on your nervous system as well as the actual acupuncture. Yeah, it's just some time um, out as well, isn't it? Yeah. I think totally. one thing, um, one thing that, because I obviously talk about this a lot to anyone who will listen and mm. have done for 10 years, um, <laughs> lots of people said, oh, yeah, but I'm, I've got a thing about needles and I hate needles. And But you literally, if you had a mask on or something, you just wouldn't know, would you? Yeah, you wouldn't I, know I get this a needle. lot. Yeah, yeah. You know, so many patients come in or, or email in advance and say, I really want to come. I've heard it's really good for fertility, but I don't like needles. Um, and my answer to that would be that they're not like nursing needles. <laughs> you know, yeah. they're, they're really hair-like, they're fine. Um, and it's generally pain-free and most patients find it relaxing. Come and try it. If you don't like it and it's not for you, then so be it. At least you can say you tried it. But yeah, you know, I think, again, the practitioner should be able to make you feel relaxed enough and safe enough and help you with any anxiety that you would have around the needles. Um, Mm. Yeah. Laura, got any more questions? (laughs) I do have a question. Um, Yeah, go for it. So for someone like me, for example, who, as far as we are aware, requires 
drugs, steroids, um, in order to keep hold of a pregnancy. Acupuncture wouldn't resolve that. So I have had totally varying um, results. And this is a really good question, actually. So when we we're talking about how acupuncture actually works on the body, mm. about how it affects the nervous system, the signals that the body sends. Um, part of that is that it has a big effect on how the immune system modulates itself. And um, in um, reproductive immunology issues or issues um, where the, the body will not accept a pregnancy, the immune system's overactive, then actually acupuncture can have a good effect at modulating that immune system. It's quite rare and you would probably need six months to a year's worth of treatment to do so to completely eradicate that. You know, Mm -hmm. this is quite a big systemic issue, Um, but it's quite possible that you could help modulate the immune system to downgrade the treatment. I have had patients who have had their natural killer cells tested and they've come out at a certain result six months later you know they've gone for fertility treatment had their um, immune system tested again and their their medication's been downgraded because we've had that time to mm. do a decent amount of work acupuncture is not a quick fix yeah again it's not you know I stick a point here and this is going to fix your immune system it takes time um, and again actually someone asked how many sessions you'd have to have so, yeah yeah I mean always minimum I recommend at 12 weeks I really need like three menstrual cycles to have a a, a decent enough effect for it to make a difference that's not to say that I haven't had people come for natural fertility who have got pregnant after one or two sessions Mm. or that's not to say that for some people it takes six months or longer Um, but it's not necessarily like once a week either is it so again everyone's different and it really depends on the complexities of what's going on for you. So certainly if you had reproductive immunology issues, um, I would recommend weekly to start with. For less complex cases, you know, once every two weeks. In an ideal world, everyone would come once a week. But, you Mm. know, that's just not financially viable for a lot of people. It's not possible for work commitments. And I always say to people, look, if you can come fortnightly or monthly, you're still going to get that benefit. It might take a little bit longer to get the same result as we would have if you came weekly. But, you know, you're still going to benefit from it. But Generally, the more complex the case, then the the longer I need really to work with. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That makes sense. Yeah. So in answer to your question, Laura, you know, it's not going to resolve, you know, I'm not going to sit here and say acupuncture fixes everything. That's not how it works, but it can really help with modulating the immune system for sure. So let's just, I'm just going to go through some of the questions that we've um, been asked. There was one Um, here that says, um, is it possible for it to do more harm than good? during the two-week wait yeah I saw that one so um so no is the answer to that so acupuncture works alongside your body and not against it Mm -hmm. um there's no evidence to suggest that acupuncture can cause fertility treatment to fail and in fact it's actually quite the opposite that lots of evidence um shows that acupuncture alongside fertility treatment um increases the live birth rate there's actually been a lot of research done around acupuncture and IVF over the last 10 years and um most of the evidence has been really positive and if you've been seeing an acupuncturist prior to your fertility treatment and they know you they know your case history then if you have acupuncture throughout the two-week wait then it should continue to support that implantation process we talked a bit about how acupuncture works systemically so um, part of that for fertility is by improving oxygenated blood flow to the uterus 
Mm. Um, so, and you know, throughout the two week way, if you've got extra blood flow to your uterus, that can only be beneficial. Yeah. Well, mm. I had, um, so I had acupuncture to have James and Flynn, my eldest two. And then I had it again after I had the coil removed and had Ruby, who is my youngest. And ironically, the only pregnancy I didn't have acupuncture before was the pregnancy that we lost the baby that we lost um and when I went back I I remember texting emailing Hearn from hospital and telling him and then the next time I went to see him he kind of said it's the same old problem with you it's your kidneys and stuff and he said that he just didn't think my uterus was strong enough to continue with the pregnancy after eight weeks and five days someone who is related to me has had four miscarriages and I just wonder if that's a if there's something I don't know what it is but something that's it maybe genetic or hereditary or something that we have that can be there's so many things that can cause Mm. um recurrent loss I think um it can be something as simple as low progesterone to -hmm. something much more complex um like an immune related issue um I think yeah it's really hard to tell and of course then you add in your your chromosomal defects Mm. egg quality and actually there's a lot of evidence now that's coming out to show that um sperm oxidative stress so damage to the sperm that is like kind of on a deeper level it's called um dna fragmentation Mm. there's a lot of evidence now coming out to show that this actually has quite um a big impact on um early loss um and implantation failure and up until you know not that long ago it was kind of thought that you know once that embryo was fertilized then you know everything was okay and the rest was due to you know that the uterine environment and you know since been discovered that's just not the case you know fertility is one of the fastest moving areas of medicine in terms of evidence and research you know it's constantly changing um you know even reproductive immunology is you know still relatively new in the grand scheme of things and i think the first ICSI babies are only really reaching early adulthood now it's still really too early to tell that even the impact of procedures like ICSI on long-term health of the babies that come from that so you know Mm. there's there's so much it's such a big complex field and recurrent loss you know you know is really complex in certain cases Mm. so it could be something genetic it could be lots of other things you know it's really hard to tell but I would definitely recommend that family member to you know, have some acupuncture. Oh, um, I did. Don't you yeah, worry. I'm sure you did. I'm sure you did. Straight on the blower. I <laughs> <laughs> booked him with her already. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, oh, I just, I just find the whole thing absolutely fascinating. And because I've had such amazing results, like I went through my whole teens and my whole early 20s just being terrified of my body, really. Yeah. Just because it it didn't do what it was supposed to do. It didn't have periods. You know, it was such a bloody palaver that to stumble across acupuncture and for it to be so successful so quickly was just, you know, incredible. And I just wanted to tell everyone about it. I'm sure you did. It's great. I think mm. um, acupuncture is still one of those things that, um, like you, Laura, people still think is, you know, a bit airy fairy and 
you know, I've, I've put my banjo away tonight and I've taken my tie-dye shirt off tonight. But, you know, it's really not airy-fairy. It really is rooted in, in science and yeah. a lot of the evidence is there to back it up. I think um, it's just something that people are unsure about. And again, it's about education, isn't it? And people giving it a go and seeing if it's yeah. for them. Yeah. And another question that we've had is five elements or Chinese to support IVF and natural conception? Yeah, another good question. So the answer to that would be it really doesn't matter. Um, there's so many different types of acupuncture. You've got Japanese, Korean, five elements, stems and branches, and they're all going to do the same thing. The main um, difference is that it's the kind of the way that practitioner um, has interpreted the theory behind how they come to that point selection. So they're still going to choose acupuncture points you know, throughout the body and, and use them in the same way. It's just they work in a slightly different way in their head as such. There's all these different types, but ultimately if you're if you're having acupuncture for fertility, the main or for, or for any women's health really, the main um thing is that you find a practitioner that's um first of all fully licensed with a governing body um, and someone who has got some sort of experience in their specialized field so for example I work with a group of fertility support trained practitioners Um, we've all got a postgraduate diploma in fertility and at least five years experience in fertility and we've got a solid knowledge of like western medicine techniques that relate to fertility Um, we're constantly learning from webinars um, from we have like CPDs and some of the top fertility experts in the UK there's a real like engagement and I think it's really important that um you know, the person you're going to see, first of all, you have that connection with, but secondly, they're experienced in their field. So whether whether they're, you know, a Japanese style acupuncturist, whether they're a traditional Chinese acupuncturist or a five elements practitioner, you know, neither of those things. As long really... as they're decent. Yeah, exactly. No cowboys. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Nobody, no one wants a cowboy, wants a cowboy. Definitely no. not. No. I'm part okay. of the British Acupuncture Council, which is the, one of the main governing bodies. Yeah, that sounds and official. Mm. Yeah, they're really pushing for acupuncture to be regulated properly. Yeah, it I mean, be. it should be. Well, yeah, I know that a... people are getting referred by their GPs now, aren't they, for like chronic pain problems. Yeah. So for the for the NHS to be paying for it, you would think that they would want it to be regulated. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's taking it's taking time. Let's hope in the next few years or so that it does get regulated. But mm. I'd always recommend if someone wants to find a practitioner to try the British Acupuncture Council website. You can just like pop in your postcode and it'll bring up some acupuncturists near you. So or what, um, you where about CU based? So I'm in Oxted in Surrey. Okay, um, and you can. I'm actually working with a group of fertility trained practitioners so if you go to at fertility support on um, instagram um, and this is a lady called narva carmen and she's a lady that specializes in acupuncture for fertility she's been practicing for about 25 years and she um, now educates acupuncturists in fertility acupuncture and she runs a really good ship she produces really high quality cpd she has lots of contacts with um some amazing practitioners you know western medicine doctors in london and she's really at the top of her game and she has the list on her website of acupuncturists that have trained under her um, and they're oh, all brilliant. over the uk so that would definitely be the port of call for anyone who's listening who's thinking yeah yeah um we've had a question from one of our readers listeners. one of our callers one of our callers someone's just called into Coming the studio in <laughs> 
Um, when is the best time in your cycle to get acupuncture? Okay, yeah, this is again a really common question. Yeah, but, if um, I was going to call you and book an appointment, would you ask me when my cycle was and bring me in on a particular time? Um, yeah, or? I might do. I might do. Uh, generally, I tend to just bring people in for their initial con- consultation right. whenever they can come in, whenever I can fit them in. Um, but you know, when the best time to get it in your cycle is the answer is all of them, and your practitioner might advise you that for a certain a certain time is better for you so um for example if someone came to me after having um recurrent losses and i i want to work out why that might be i might ask them to chart their basal body temperature so i can see what their hormones are doing if i then suspected that low progesterone just say just for example mm-hmm. um was the problem then i might want to see them more often in the second part of their cycle i'd probably still see them once in the first half of their cycle but i definitely want to see them twice in the second half so mm-hmm. it really really depends on the individual yeah and again some people have more complex cases and i'd recommend coming weekly other people you know are just perhaps only need to see them once in each half of their cycle so yeah i mean your practitioner will tell you is the answer to that mm-hmm. um, when the best time to come is yeah, I mean, if you're having fertility treatment like IVF, um, there's certain key times that are good to come. So definitely um, after embryo transfer, quite often during the stimming stage. All right, I'm going to do it. You're going to do yes, it. Yes, you yeah. are. Yes, we've convinced her. <laughs> That's a yeah, shot, easy. right? What you got to lose? Yeah. Well, Let it go. Nothing. We have a one a, another question. I think we've pretty much answered all of them but this one I really wanted to address is Mm. how can acupuncture help heal the spirit and emotional side after miscarriage yeah I love this question because I think it's really this is like such an important part of the Mm. of of dealing with pregnancy loss is that Mm. emotional spiritual side you know Mm. people you know the doctors and things people people talk about the physical healing but mm-hmm. no one really talks about that emotional side of it and, and firstly grief is complex and everyone deals with it very differently and I think people manage it in different ways I'm not going to sit here and say that acupuncture will heal all of your emotional problems you know I think it's really important that you find a therapy that works for you and that could be something as simple as you know going out with your girlfriends and laughing or having mm-hmm. a daily walk you know everyone finds solace in simple things other people prefer to have a talking therapy you know reflexology acupuncture whatever you find works for you um but again when we go back to talking about how acupuncture actually works it works on the nervous system so if you are having anxiety or stress or you know you're just feeling really awful like you would after a loss then i think and you're, if you're having like in a, um, physical manifestations of that, so if you're not sleeping, you know, you've got digestion problems, you're having palpitations, mm. you feel anxious all the time. And these are all signs that you've got some sort of emotional trauma going on. Mm. So like I said, going back to how acupuncture actually works, it works on the nervous system. And by calming the nervous system, you can help to rebalance and, and alleviate those actual physical symptoms of, of, um, of trauma. Um, you know the mental side of it's trickier I think you know you can you can manage the physical signs for example if if you're not sleeping well then by having acupuncture to help your sleep then of course you will start to heal mentally better Mm. by the pure fact that you're having better sleep Um, but I think you know that takes time and that's something that is so personal to so many people Um, it was I found with me mentally what really helped me as well as doing this you know 
what really helped me is feeling like I was doing something. Yeah. So yeah. When when you when you experience real trauma, as I said to you earlier, I I emailed Hun while I was in hospital because I was like, right, this has happened. This is what I need to do to start knowing that things are going to get better. And yeah. I think even if you book that appointment, whether it's with an acupuncturist, whether it's with a therapist, whether it's with a reflexologist, whether it's a doctor's appointment to, yeah. for, for you know blood tests or whatever, if yeah. you feel like you are being proactive, yeah, yeah, it gives sure. you a little bit of control back. Yeah. And allows you a little bit of, of mind freedom, I think. I mean, I yeah. know the worst parts in my journey were a few times after seeing different specialists when I left the appointment and they'd say, well, yeah, and that, that all the tests came back normal. There's, there doesn't seem to be anything wrong. So just keep trying. And knowing that, oh. that then you, you, you've done everything as far as you're aware at that point until you start looking into other things. You've done everything that you can and there is no plan they were the yeah. lowest points yeah like, of course what's next yeah and I see this so often in clinic I went through it myself and mm. I, I see it so often in the clinic and um I find it really hard to listen to sometimes because it's just such a common theme and it's heartbreaking this people mm. are being told try again try again keep trying it's just and bad luck it's, it's there's no such thing as bad luck it's no. science like you know we can put a man on the moon surely we can work out why someone can't you know get pregnant or keep a baby what you know it's just a case of the the right test has not been done or the right investigation has not been done and unfortunately um on the nhs you know the certain tests due to resources are just not available um and and i think part of the problem is if you're under nhs care and they can't find out what's wrong with you rather than saying to you these are the things that you need to investigate but we can't offer it to you but you need to go and find out privately you're just told, oh, it's just bad luck. Just, yeah. I think you would rather have the information and know that your journey with the NHS has perhaps ended as far as fertility is concerned. Yeah. And you need to explore other options. It's, it's about in, like having that knowledge to take back control. Mm. Yeah. Um, Which is power. Yeah, totally. But also you know, the, the whole one in four thing really actually annoys me with recurrent mis- miscarriage because I am one in four. I've got three kids and I've had one miscarriage I am that statistic I am one in four but someone who's had recurrent miscarriage like Laura I mean you're I mean recurrent miscarriage is one in a hundred it's not like every four pregnancies that you've had one has been a miscarriage no so all of all of the all of the ones that I've had have taken it away from some other poor soul who's never had any bloody trouble (laughs) yeah but that's why it's not bad luck because if it was bad luck, it would be like one in four women have a miscarriage, yeah, but, but it's that's not. That's why they don't test until you've had three or more, because actually having one or even two is sadly incredibly common. But recurrent yeah. miscarriages are not uncommon, but they, it is one in a hundred or so they say, something like that. Yeah. So testing everyone after one would be... Yeah, it just wouldn't be, yeah would be silly because it be possible yeah. mm. quite often it's not I mean it's there's no such thing like we said there's no such thing as bad luck but quite often it will be simply a chromosomal abnormality yeah. where your body yeah. has taken control and miscarried a pregnancy that was never going to survive I did I never really I thought it was one in four women no. have a miscarriage you know that's but it just shows how uneducated everyone is because I can't be the only one that thinks that you know, this, yeah, like wanting to, going back to what, what we were talking about, wanting to take control, I think, um, you know, education around fertility mm. 
problems and early loss and recurrent loss is just massively important to give yeah. people that control yeah awareness mm. and empowerment yeah so they and, know and what's going on and they know what to do about expectations it. exactly yeah yeah I don't think we've had an episode that we haven't talked about that no so, I mean probably sure. not as much as you talk about acupuncture but no naturally <laughs> <laughs> management expectations acupuncture that's basically me done I am so fun to have at dinner parties Bex what you should say now is there is no part of a woman's body that should be kept a secret yes that's your tagline now I, yeah, I love that I love that all good right thank you so much ladies i'll drop you a message all right okay thanks rachel bye bye bye. thank you so much everyone for tuning in and please please when you have a second rate us review us and share us and let's get this taboo smashed see you next week